0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest EvertonFC.com podcast. In this episode, we are celebrating the 25th anniversary of our 1998 FA Youth Cup final victory over two legs against Blackburn Rovers. And I'm joined by an integral member of that squad, Leon Osman. Ozzy, thanks for joining us. Does it seem 25 years?
1: No, it's horrible to say that out loud. (laughs) 25 years ago. Wow. Um, I mean great memories of it, always held it, you know, the memory of it close to my heart. Um still in touch with most of the squad that that we played with as well.
0: Um I think that's great. Yeah that. 20... I saw something on social media a couple of years ago where you all got back together and virtually every member of the squad was there, which is which is fantastic.
1: Yeah well, you know modern modern day social media makes it easier than it than it obviously used to be years ago. We're all uh, on a WhatsApp group together, that you know we're, we'll throw a bit of banter in every now and again. Some more than others. Some are still holding the group together with their banter. Adam Farley in particular. But uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a good group, and uh, yeah, we're, we're discussing. You know, we we have just come across ourselves that it was twenty five years, and and we're all talking about trying to get out again over the summer for for a catch up.
0: Absolutely brilliant. See, are you one of these players who can look back at a run, even though it was 25 years ago and remember the games and remember the goals and remember incidents, or do you need to you need to have a little flick through through record books and what have you?
1: No, I, I feel like I could remember it really clearly. Um, but you know, when you said you were you want to chat about it, I thought, no, I don't need don't need any info. I know everything off the top of my head, but you know, just decided to have a little look back through and yeah, most of it is how I remember, but there are some things I was, you know, it was great to to jog the memory and just, you know, have a wow moment. So, yeah, it's, it's actually been good just to have a little look back and and, and jog the memory. But yeah, some some terrific uh, some terrific games we were involved in, some uh, some big
0: performances and big results. Let's have a look at the games and and some of the characters, some of the players involved. Second round, Blackpool needed a Jamie Milligan goal to win that tie. What do you recall of that one?
1: I recalled being on the bench. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first one. And um Hibbeau, Hibbeau started in, in midfield before me that game. Uh I think I came on late personally. I think we were already one-nil ahead. The lads had done really well. I think we we should have been three or four goals ahead, I think, by half time. But we ended up kind of hanging on. Maybe that was because I came on and uh <laughs> Wasn't wasn't adept at, at seeing a game out defensively, but now we we had the cup. Wayne Mcdermott started left back as well. Uh, Adam Eaton was in the middle, and and Adam Farley was was on the bench, I think, as well. Um, and me and Files ended up getting in the team, I think, for the next round, and and stayed stayed as starters until uh, until the very end. So it was, it was a cold night. I remember that it was uh, it was a tough game. It's always freezing up at Blackpool, but yeah, especially in were, December. Yeah, we're we're pleased just to get in there, get the job done, get the results, and, and get back to Liverpool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're back in the side when we play Stoke in the next round at Goodison Park. Was that your was that your first ever game at Goodison? Um, I think it probably was. Yeah. To be honest, um,
1: I remember you know when you go back to playing in in youth football, you know for the for the town or the district when you're under 11s, if you're good enough, you get to play the. Fi- you used to get to play the final at Goodison. Or, you know, if for all of the other teams in the district that sent two kids from the team to take penalties. Uh, you know, Rob Palmer was in goal one year to try and stop <laughs> the penalties. And there was a, a few other reserve goalies down the years that give the night up. But I was never good enough t- to get our team there. And I was always hopeless at penalties. So I've never, I'd never been to Goodison. <laughs> to, I'd never played at Goodison before. So, yeah, I think it was the first time. And, you know, the stadium might have been empty but it was you know it was great you know the experience of getting changed in the dressing room and walking down the tunnel coming up the steps coming out into goodness and it didn't matter if if there was a thousand people there or or you know the fact that there wasn't a full stadium it was just it was brilliant to be a part of And another good another good win another uh, another one niller. It was uh, franny scored the goal i think was it that night and and uh, we you know we I think they were a good team, if if I remember yeah. right. I think I think Stoke played well that night. I think it was it was a, a bit of a digging in performance, you know, to get over the line. But we had quality at the top end of the pitch <laughs> that you know people would have people would have bit your hand off to try and get. I mean, we had three top quality strikers, and ultimately, I think that's what what won us the Youth Cup. We had Phil Jevons, Danny Cadamatri, and Franny Jefferson, and were always able to score in goals.
0: Rani and Danny Kadamati had already had a little bit of a taste with the first team. Did, did that make a little bit of a difference? Did they, have that, did they have that swagger about them at the time? I think those two
1: players had a swagger about them from about 10 years old, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that set them apart. They were very um, confident in, in what they were capable of. They would both go in and own a room. You know, the, the, the second they, they entered a the room, it was all attention on them because of their characters, not because uh, of anything else. They're big characters. I think that was something about our Youth Cup squad. Yeah, I think there were so many big characters. You go into the dressing room and everyone was fighting over, not quite attention, but everyone was fighting over, you know, the, being that person in the room. So it, it made for some unbelievable, funny moments and Good camaraderie and um, it, it just seemed to make for a lot of leaders, a lot of people that wanted to be the guy in, mm-hmm. in the dressing room. So I always think that's, I think that's a great thing because, you know, when you're out there on the pitch and you're looking around to each other, you didn't need to look further than the guy to, that was stood right beside you mm-hmm. to uh, to show those moments. And,
0: and as I said, we had, we had a number of them. You'd come a long way together, hadn't you? Obviously, with any youth team, one or two players get added as you progress through the age groups. But you guys had come quite a long way together, hadn't you?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's... You, you grow up through through what is now the academy. It used to be the School of Excellence back then. And you, you're involved in your own, your own age group. But for whatever reason, the age groups and the year below, which was my age group, so the likes of... Dunny and Ito Farley, Mick O'Brien, our Youth Cup winning team, they were a year older than what was my squad, which was me and Franny and Hibbo um, and Dean Delaney. But we were all sort of together quite young. I was, I trained up quite a few times when I was when I was coming through. So did the likes of Franny. So we all knew each other quite well, really, really young. So when we progressed into into becoming the, the, the under-18 squad together once you leave school. It was just, it was natural. We all knew each other anyway. We all knew how we played each other's games um, and knew each other as characters as as well. So we didn't have any time to get to know each other. We already yeah. did. And I think that helped.
0: You mentioned Big Dunny there. Richard Dunn never, ever, ever looked like a youth team player, did he? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think people were claiming he had... You know, a wife and six kids and three grandkids <laughs> from when he was about 16 years old. You know, he was uh, he, he was d- d- more developed than the rest of us, I would say. Um, but we've seen other players come through physically more developed down the years. Yeah. Wayne, for, for example, he was just yeah. ready to go. Danny himself was, Danny Cad was physically further along the line than, than the rest of us. But yeah. yeah, no more so than Dunny, who, you know, would, would sweat getting out of his car you know what i mean and the uh, never mind what his shirt looked like 5 minutes into the game but you know he was just a big lad he was naturally big he was very very quick deceptively quick he was yeah. fit deceptively fit could could get the job done but people were always conscious that he he looked big and looked heavy set and i thought that was unfair because i don't think he ever i don't think that ever affected his his performances
0: OK, it was Watford away next up, another bitterly cold night when uh, we came from 2-0 down to win 3-2 and a goal-scoring contribution from young Osman.
1: Yeah, my me first, me first contribution, it was a it was a strange trip that one. It really was. We, we'd gone down to Watford, so we'd not had to stay in a hotel before. All the games we'd had, um, you know, back in the day of the A and the B League and the Lancashire League and the Merseyside League, we'd never had to stay over. So this was our like, first experience of you know being treated like a team that get to go away and stay stay in hotels and stuff like that. Oh, and it was Yeah, it was <laughs> all of us together. It was, you know, but we still had to be professional. Other trips, we may have been away. But this one, you try to be professional. And the big news was we woke up in the morning and Franny Jeffers was no longer there. It was like, what's going on? We, we didn't understand what's going on. It turned out, he'd had a a bit of an incident during during the night, uh, chest pains, and had been rushed to hospital where he spent the next couple of days in, in hospital. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it, it was just a, a strange story. You know, we were, he'd been to Lillashaw, he'd been medically checked every six yeah. months of his life, how it, something, something like that would happen. But- must've been a dreadful so it, shock. Yeah, it was. It definitely affected us. We were all a bit yeah. in shock that he that he was no longer there, and he was, you know,
0: arguably our star striker. Well, Franny was the star striker, and it's fair to say
2: that the the whole incident down at Watford was a, a little bit of a shock to him as well. I mean, I want you know, I wanted to play, and I think you know, we felt like we had a good chance in it. Uh, I'd gone I'd gone all the way with them in the competition, and uh, you know, I wanted to play. That was the way I was. You know what I mean? They they were all the lads that had come through with and. We'd, uh, we'd had a good run in it, and I think it was it was Wafford uh, we'd gone down there, and I got rushed to hospital with my heart, didn't I? So mm. I missed the uh, I missed the final, first leg of the final. I was out for about a month and a half, and got back and played in the second leg, and we managed to win it, which was always you know it was lovely. I do remember that. That must have been a, a really really worrying time for you and your family. Well, it was. Yeah, it was just you know we went down there on the bus to Watford uh, the night before and I just felt a bit unwell really and then during the night you know a few pains in my chest and started to get get progressively worse and I thought that's a few too many sweets on the bus coming down a bit of indigestion (laughs) but uh, it wasn't a be and you know thankfully I got to hospital and got looked after It,
1: It did rock us a little bit but it was also as you said bitterly cold we got down to Watford and half of the pitch across the middle not like one end of the pitch literally half of the pitch, say the right side was rock solid, literally frozen. And the other half, you could just about get your boots in, but the game should have been off. There's no doubt that the game should have been off, but both coaches and managers and everyone looking at each other thinking, we're not travelling back down here. We're in the youth. This is the youth team. We've booked the pitch. We've played for a hotel. We're not doing this again for the youth team. They're just going to have to go and play. So, So we did. We went out and played on this rock solid pitch and I... Stupidly, I'd only took a pair of studs down. I hadn't even thought that I'd need molded boots for for a night game away at away at Watford in January or February, what it was. So I had to play the ninety minutes in big six inch studs on what was like an ice rink, and it was <laughs> uh, it was a it was a difficult game. But as you said, we went two 0 down. Colin Harvey made a brilliant tactical change at halftime. He he took off David Poppleton, Poppy, from right midfield. We were very 4-4-2 about everything we did. And he took Poppy off. He brought Hibble on, sent to midfield, and we went like with a bit of a diamond, I think, or a flat three. But I went into the number 10 position, and we just sort of, let's get forward. Our fullbacks were always attacking anyway, Ito and, and Um, So they were bombing on. Mick was just holding a little bit. The other two, mid- and then we just went at them. And... Just blew them apart with what we could offer at the top end of the pitch attacking. Danny Cadden and Jevil were were brilliant. I scored. Mick scored as well. I think Mick scored the winner. Talk us through your goal. I just remember it. I just remember being in the box and I just remember the ball coming in and, you know, just get a good connection on it. Just make sure it hits the back of the goal. Um, and, I, and I did. And, and I just remember it hitting the net and thinking, I've scored. I scored I scored in the FA Cup I scored in the FA Cup that's how I was thinking about it back then but I didn't score the winner I scored I scored the second so it was just about quick get the ball back because we're going we're on the move here so I went and got it and then uh, ended up mixed. scored not long after and we all celebrated that one it was it was really really good it was a brilliant game from us. You know the way we felt in in the dressing room afterwards, to celebrate, and you know we come back from two 0 down at half time to win three two on their patch, and they had, they had some first teams. I think they had gifted Noel Williams, who played in the first team at that yeah. point. So they had a couple of first teamers as well. So it was uh, it was just great to, to 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 come back at any any at any level of football to come back from two 0 down.
0: Could you have made it as a midfield player, Tony Hibbert?
1: Um, yes, he could. Um, he was tough tackling, ran forward off the ball, um, passed it simple. You know, all, all the things that, that you'd expect. He was old school. He was, like, he was like a Roy Keane type of player. Really? Back, back then, yeah. He, he Yeah, he just, the runs he made forwards, you know, he was non-stop energy backwards and forwards, tackling everything. And the best thing about it was Every time someone went through me and put me up in the air, he'd say, don't worry, lad, I'll get him back for you. So it was, it was great to have alongside me, I've got to be honest. But he didn't last long there, did he? It was only another couple of years before. I think it was about, probably only about a year later before he got moved to fullback. And within, honestly, within about three or four games of playing at right back, he was
0: in the first team. It was It was a ridiculous turnaround. He was a natural, wasn't he? Well, also a major part of that FA Youth Cup squad of 97-98, and also at the time a major part of the first team squad as well, was Danny Cadamatri. Danny, it, 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 um, symptomatic of the strength of the Youth Cup squad, there was yourself, Franny, Phil Jevons, vying for a couple of places up front. Competition was fierce, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. Um, we had a we had a good group. We had we had obviously players that we that myself, Franny, and Jevo had been chasing from above in Mark Quayle and um, uh, Michael Branch, and then we had lads. You know, like I said, Franny was a year younger, mm-hmm. so he was from below with a, another younger lad, Carl uh, who was a little bit younger as well. So there was the, the places in the team and in the squad were um, were up for grabs, and it was it was a very competitive group. You played
0: 30 times for the first team during that FA Youth Cup winning season. What was it like for you to, to with all due respect, to step down and play with the
3: youth side? I think it was... <laughs> it was an experience that, that I'd never been subjected to. So mm. in terms of playing down, it was it, I wasn't... I was only playing at my own age. So in, in theory, I was playing up with the first team. I was playing, you know... Um, I was elevated into that into that senior environment. But for me, going back to my own age group was a great opportunity for me to be around my mates. We had a really close-knit social interaction within the group. Yeah. So when, when all of a sudden I wasn't playing on the Saturday in the the A-team games or I wasn't playing midweek in the in the Resi games uh Runcorn, I missed that social interaction in the dressing room. So it was kind of exciting to be back with the lads on the bus, travelling and having that bit of... Bit of bands that you'd missed out on, the, you know. You, you're kind of a bit shyer, aren't you, when you're with the first mm. team? you were your own mates, you can let your hair down, put your feet up, and kind of the, the shackles are off a little bit. So I looked forward to it. It was something I was going to mention. I'd not seen it before, and I'm,
0: I'm trying to think. I don't think I've seen it since. There was like a men's team spirit to that youth group, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah.
3: I think that was, um, that was mainly down to the scouses, if I'm honest with you, the way that they kind of integrated the wolves and the the, the Scouses into the into the dressing room. And I, you know I've got to be honest that I where I grew up in in, in Bradford and then Claqueaton it was it was um we probably weren't as streetwise as the as the Liverpool lads you know they, they just seemed to be a bit more grown up and a bit more mature and a bit more streetwise did the Scousers. so it was it was we were kind of elevated into a an environment where the lads were you know lads about town and um we kind of just embraced it so it was it was a very it was a very mature kind of mentality group
0: mm. a group that thoroughly enjoyed itself
3: i tell you what would, probably
0: wouldn't happen now danny you played in an fa youth cup final at goodison park three days before we had that relegation battle against Coventry City. You were very much a part of the first-team squad at the time. You came on in the game against Coventry. You wouldn't be allowed to play in the FA Youth Cup final now, would you?
3: Um, I think that the way that the game's gone and sports science and physical loading and spiking on load and all them terminologies, um, you probably wouldn't know. But, I mean, we... You know, we kind of came through an era where um, Everton with the dogs of war. We were about battling and scrapping and fighting and winning as individuals and winning as team battles. And we didn't really... We we ran every day. As youth team lads, we we ran, right? The game was about running. And if you couldn't run, you couldn't play for Everton. That, that was it. It wasn't the kind of Liverpool passive move crew. Don't get me wrong, we had some good players and we played mm. good football, but we ran. That was it. So... It didn't matter whether we had a game, you know, we ran every day. So if you looked at the data that we probably did back in the day, I reckon we probably did 15, 16K every day. And like lads are now morning, oh, we've done we've done 8.5, eight 9K now. We've got, <laughs> we've got a game tomorrow. So, you know, it, it was just an arm for us. Back, back in them days we just we just got on with it and it was you You only knew what you knew and we knew that we we worked hard every day and it, it, sometimes we'd do 11v11 on a Monday and we'd do 11v11 on a Tuesday and we'd do some running and then we'd you know we'd do education but we'd also train in the afternoon on a Wednesday. so that's all we knew
0: that group when you look back over that FA Youth Cup winning group went on to play well over a thousand senior games between you which is which is some going isn't it
3: yeah, we've um, everybody talks about the, the class of '92, don't they? It? And, yeah, and United. But we've got our own group chat. All the lads of the class of '98, and you know, we're still actively we speak and we're, we're we're chatting away and we wish each other happy birthday in the group chat. And, and there was a good bond of lads that. You know, the majority of them lads went on to have careers and play at you know reasonably decent levels. And some of them went above and beyond, you know, Ozzy flew and Ibole flew and, and Dunny flew and Bolly flew. And and some of us, you know, we had we had careers, and, and a couple of the lads didn't quite reach them reach them uh, echelons of of higher level, but they still had careers or they still played at mm. some kind of level. And um, you know, it's testament to kind of the, the setup that we came through that the lads were were set with a mentality and a level of ability to to cope and compete at a level where they got paid to do something they enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ozzy at the time was very pleasant on the eye. He
0: was, a, he was a lovely footballer even then. But be honest with me now, Danny. Did you think? Did you look at Leon Osman then and think you'll play four hundred games for Everton? You'll end up in the top ten on the all time appearance
3: list. Do you know some he was he was only tingy not he it was very yeah. slight and small and, <laughs> and wormy and wrangly and and in in all honesty I think we always knew how good he was because he was you know he was even though he was little and, and, and wormy you couldn't get him off the ball and he wriggled out of spaces and stuff. You probably the biggest concern or worry, which people probably have these days as well, is probably not as much as that we just weren't sure if physically he was going to get his opportunity because of his. His, his size and his physical mm. I think he went to Derby did he go to Derby on yeah Derby oh, and Carlisle and Carlisle to, to kind of get his foot his, his foot in the door and um, basically elevate himself into what they former a career and like I said I'm not surprised in terms of his level of ability but you know I think the one thing I was we were all a bit like probably conscious for him was that he was smaller than everybody mm. else and, and not as not as physically developed it's brilliant that you're all still in touch isn't it <laughs> yeah it's, it's great like I say we always it pops up every now and again when it's somebody's happy birthday lad Is right? right lad happy birthday lad and, <laughs> you know, keep threatening to. we've had we've had a few get togethers but we keep threatening to do one this year and we we need to get it over the line so hopefully hopefully we do but it is it's, it was a good knit group
0: has it seen 25 years <laughs>
3: no <laughs> Done. Flipping neck.
0: Okay, Aussie, let's move on to the, the quarter final against Tipswich Town. Three two and another good game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is the one I, I remember the least. Um out, out of all, all of the games. You know, going back and, and jogging my memory over it was 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 really good to do, you know. Um I, I didn't realise it was such a such an intense game and that and that we'd had another three two in the new in the youth cup run. But this was again, you know. Things fell into place for us in in this Youth Cup run. I mean, I mentioned we had three ridiculous strikers, all of whom should have been playing. And yet, because we played 4-4-2, you could only ever get two strikers in the team. And each round of the the FA Youth Cup, all the way through to the final, Colin never had a decision to make, I don't think, because they were... There was always one of them wasn't un- was unavailable, you know. In the first round, I think it was Danny Cad maybe wasn't available. The second round, Franny wasn't available. The third round, Jevo, You know, it was that it was that kind of thing. It was it was incredible um, how things just seemed to fall into place for us. Um, but yeah, I remember. I don't remember much about this one. I just remember that that we won three two. I, I don't think we were in trouble. I don't think. I don't think we no. we were chasing the game it, it felt it felt comfortable is yeah. what my memory is uh but again even if you're having a night where you can see the two goals we had, we had firepower in that mm-hmm. team that was ridiculous
0: You've mentioned a few players there that, that the, the Evertonians even now will, will be aware of and will recall not many will recall the goalkeeper Dean Delaney who who played professionally for Port Vale and then when he went back to Ireland, he, 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 I think he racked up over 400 games and won trophies with Shelbourne, as well as playing for Ireland under-21s. But it's probably a name that the punters don't remember much.
1: No, that's, it's fair to say he um, never got close to our first team. So you know, only the uh, most astute, knowledgeable, you know, going through the depths of our history would would know his his name but yeah he was a, he was a really good goalkeeper back then he was he was a first year um and he came and took the jersey because he was he was just assured and calm you know he, he was he was what we expect a goalkeeper to be i think he had his moments when he was a bit nuts but he wasn't he wasn't one of these characters on the pitch that is lively and outgoing and you need to calm down. And he was an assured presence behind that back four. Sometimes you asked him to come out a bit more, or sometimes you needed him to do certain things. But he was a he was a solid goalkeeper, good hands, except for one moment in the youth cup semi final the following year, where he dropped a ball. him <laughs> for that, we don't forget these things. And uh, other than that, <laughs> he, was, he was a solid <laughs> goalkeeper. But he was he was very uh, very important in that youth cup run because there were a couple of games, the Ipswich one. No, sorry, not the Ipswich one. The Stoke one, a couple of rounds earlier, he was. I remember him being outstanding in that one. A grudge you've borne for twenty-five years, I, Darren. <laughs> I'll never forget it. He's not the only goalkeeper I've still hold a grudge against.
0: Is it is it fair to say that having got to the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup, although we had a really really good side, Leeds United were probably the team we wanted to avoid?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. They'd won it the year before. They'd progressed to the semi-finals smoothly. We knew they had Jonathan Woodgate, they had Paul Robinson in goal, you know, they had quality at the top end of the pitch as well. They had Mc- Stephen McVale was playing for them in midfield with a bit of guile and craft. So they had a number of players, I know we had as well, but they had a number of first-team players who played regular yeah. and were literally coming down to, to try and win them the Youth Cup again. So it was uh, it was a big moment in our I know we'd got to the semi-final, but going to Ellen Road, putting the performance in that we did, winning with what was an outstanding goal from Mick O'Brien, ridiculous half folly. Um really just from that moment we thought we've this is ours, this is ours, this we 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 fancy ourselves looking around the dressing room, seeing what we had, coming away from that game in their backyard, where there was a decent enough crowd that was yeah. um that was trying to you know make it noisy, make it easier for them. Um, so it was, yeah, that was a big moment.
0: I remember Mick O'Brien's goal. I was actually at Ellen Road that night. I think it was the very first time I ever travelled on an Everton team bus. So it was a big night for me as well. I did not call Evertonians at the time, just sitting I tried
1: to. I tried to make it your last, Darren, if I'm <laughs> being honest.
0: <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> We all just sat back and waited for Mick O'Brien to make the transition through to the first team but he was playing so well it was such a technically very very good goal he was the captain of the side but it just goes to show yet again and it's happened probably a million times up and down the country there's still a long way to go isn't there?
1: Oh yeah I mean the ups and downs you'll have from even you know the under 18s youth team to getting in the first team and everybody's journey is different you look at you know, Franny was already in the first team at 17. Danny Kadamachi had got an opportunity, uh, you know, needs, must. And I think when you're younger, I think it's easier to get in the team, taking nothing away from those players that did. I think it's easier to get in the team at the top end as a striker, further away from the goal where you can yeah. do something magic. You can go create something. You're not going to cost the team by doing something nervous and so you find it center half find it a bit more difficult to get in the team central midfielders maybe because you need to you need to be completely trusted by a manager to to get that whereas they don't mind a maverick at the top end um so we did have a couple of players get through as i said in in early and young but the majority it, your journey's different it's a roller coaster there's so many different avenues lamina I mean, took me till i was you know, not far short of my 22nd birthday to finally get into the first team. But Mick, Mick was quality back then. He was mm. he was a player that if he was playing right now would comfortably be in the first team. He, he was a Jorginho type player. You know, the Chelsea fellow who's just gone to, to Arsenal. He'd sit in front of back fours. He'd get the ball. He'd play. Kept everything moving. Kept everything ticking along. Um, physically was... Powerful, but was was really short. Um, similar to John Collins, maybe in yeah. in, a, in a way as well. Uh, but because we were near the bottom of the league, and because of the style of football we needed to play at the time, and the players that were in the first team, you know, we didn't play passing out from the back. We didn't want to get on the ball. We didn't want to have too much possession. And Mick didn't really offer box to box football, and he didn't physically dominate midfield because you know he's smaller small of stature and didn't go and head it what he did was he dominated a midfield in possession of the ball and unfortunately I think it was our style of football at the time that hindered him more than anything and then for his style of football when you go down the leagues it only gets more rough and scruffy and you know less football is played but if, as I said if he was if he was coming through now he'd you know he'd be in the first team, you know, quicker than you, you could want.
0: Good point you make there about the first team at the time. 97, 98, really struggling under Howard Kendall. It was no it was no time to, to try young players. Did you did you have much interaction with Howard Kendall? Did you ever train with the first team? Um,
1: a bit of interaction, because back in that time, uh, we were training at Belfield and we were all training at Belfield the entire playing squad and it was brilliant because on a Friday you used to go to you know the, the the notice board so to speak in the corner to see which team you were involved in because the reserves played on a Saturday the A team played on a Saturday the B team played on a Saturday the first team played on a Saturday yeah so you used to go and see which team you were playing on a Saturday and at first when you joined the club you might not have a game at all because you hadn't forced your way into the team and you'd go oh can't believe it but then you pro- you progressed. so. progressed. I had interaction because we were around the, the the training ground together and he was a very social man. He'd speak to anybody, regardless of, you know, you being a first, tee, a first year YTS. Uh, he, he, he'd speak to you. So, yeah, bits of interaction. But um, that all changed the next season when Walter came in and we got moved to a training facility on the other side of Liverpool, which we hardly had any interaction with the team. But that wasn't the case under, under Howard. We... Uh, Yeah, we got to normal, although I didn't train with the first team at that point. I certainly watched a lot, trying to pick up as much as possible. But you're right, it was a difficult season. Howard came in to be just because he loved Everton to try and Mm. give us a chance because we didn't have a manager at the start of the season. And uh, he still managed to keep us up on the the last day,
0: I think it was, that um got a Farrelly goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've won 1-0 away at Ellen Road. Just a tremendous victory for the boys. Come back to Goodison Park and then uh, Leeds played quite well if I recall and we're, and we're leading 1-0 at half-time. It must have been a quite a tense dressing room. Yeah.
1: But um, well, that's where Colin, you know, Colin's experience was was massive for us and he'd made a great tactical change a couple of rounds earlier. He'd said the right things up until that point and We'd gone to Leeds, as you said, we we dominated the game, could have come away with a bigger victory than 1-0. But Leeds were obviously going to come out and have a go and have, have a moment where they put us on the back foot. Right, that first half, that first 20 minutes in particular, I think we started nervously. And then they scored a goal and then you're like, oh, hang on here, we're not going to do, you know, it's it's in it's in your mind. But as I said, those big characters came out, Dunny made some good blocks to yeah. keep. Dean Delaney made some good saves. We we grew into the game, and by half time we were we were in a position where we we started to get our own belief. And Colin just pointed us in the right direction. A couple of little tweaks here and there, and then and then we were off. You know, we were that's it. We've reassessed. We've got ourselves together. Let's go and take this game away from them again. And and we started the second half brilliantly. And that was it. There was no looking back. We got the the one goal. And um I think we got another one shortly after it. So it yeah. ended up being, you know, quite a comfortable, a comfortable victory, three one
0: on our grant. Phil Jevons, you would half expect to get on the score sheet in a semi-final, but maybe not Carl Regan.
1: No, no. But um I, I, I think he was a, a quite an attacking fullback anyway, as I said. Both of our fullbacks were, were attacking. They both got up, they both delivered crosses constantly. Into the penalty here. there were football players as well. They were, you know, passing and moving, underlaps, overlaps, everything. And Reeks just kept getting, kept getting forward. I'm not sure. I think I was the one who played him the pass, and he as he just came up on the, on the right hand side, rolled him in, and actually fancied him really, really did fancy. I don't think he hit it brilliantly. I think it might have gone through like the keeper's legs or something. I'm sure he's actually. Still got the video of it himself. I think he posted it on the group about a year ago. <laughs> to say, to say, this is uh, this is the goal, lads. So you know, it was all it was all fun and banter But yeah, big goal for us because um, I think he got, I think he got the equalizer on the night as well. Yeah. So it yeah. was the the big goal. So um, yeah, it was it, it it was a really good goal. I'm surprised, as I am with the majority of our youth Cup squad, I'm surprised they never all played in, in the Premier League mm. there was the quality we had was uh, was ridiculous but he, he certainly had a career in the game
0: Blackburn Rovers in the final uh, more or less wrapped it up in the first leg at Ewood Park with uh, young Osman on the score sheet again
1: now O'Brien Blackburn have got a
0: bit of shape back to their defending but Everton still have the ball with Poppleton that's Osman that's a terrific goal. Again, in keeping with the quality on display here tonight.
1: Should have been a running theme through the uh, through the, <laughs> the run, but I, I missed a few chances. So I was delighted to to get on on the score sheet on that occasion. It was a good goal as well, and because it was the Youth Cup final, it was was obviously televised, wasn't it? So yeah. a lot of people got to see the goal. I scored a good goal on the in the FA Youth Cup final. It was brilliant, but. The performance from the lads was great. The whole thing was was great, actually, because Martin Tyler came to Belfield to meet us all before the game that afternoon. So he wanted to, to get a bit of background on us and speak to us, see what kind of characters we were. He'd done his research. He was commentating on the game that night. And it just made it so, not real, but just so exciting. Look, this yeah. is Martin Tyler, who does the Sunday Super Sunday. He's come to see us because we're on the telly. And it was like, right, we've all got to go out and put big performances in now and uh, and we did danny danny scored a, a great header jevo scored as well and and you know, i i put the icing on the cake in the second half with a with a volley and i thought we we were comfortable in that game i thought we were really really good again i thought it, it could have been it could have been more and it was uh, it was a great night of football for us but a really frustrating night personally for me because after the game, despite coming away with with that um victory thing, and we 3-1, we're taking to Goodison, we are gonna win the youth cup. By the time I got off the bus, my knee had swollen up. I couldn't move. And uh that was the start of my four-year troubles of of knee operations and and uh injury difficulty, but it was it was mad that the high followed by the low, all within, you know, that that one night, but for the team, it was it was a, it was a brilliant night of football.
0: How tough was it mentally for you to miss the second leg of the final at Goodison?
1: Yeah, it was it was hard to be honest because I knew we we'd, we were going to win. I knew we'd already I'd, I'd played in the final, so to speak, because it was a two-legged affair. Yeah. But you just know it's the second leg when you get over the line and you get to lift the trophy. That's the final you want to play it. And again, because of of things that happened, I got injured, and that was the game Franny was available for after his his medical issue. So he came back, scored well, and um, you know it was just think things fell into fell into place. But you know, watching the lads celebrate afterwards, it was brilliant. I'm not on any of the pictures, not one of the pictures of us lifting the no. youth cup. I'm on. If you look really closely on one of them, you see a crutch just on the very <laughs> edge of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. And there's a couple of lads on the on the pitcher that never played a minute in the youth cup run, but were on the bench that night. You're like, oh, can't believe it. <laughs> but we won. That's all that mattered. We got over the line. We celebrated in front of a very packed Goodison Park. There was thousands there that night to watch us lift the youth cup. So it was job done. It was brilliant. I can assure you we celebrated after the game. I think. In the Paradox nightclub. <laughs> we all went to Paradox. On a, I think it was like a Thursday night or something.
0: Didn't they? I, uh, I didn't need ID in those days, did you?
1: No, no ID. Not in the Paradox, anyway. And, uh, <laughs> dancing on my crutches, I was. My knee didn't feel that bad that night. I was dancing on my crutches. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was great. Well deserved. Totally enjoyed what was
0: uh, a really, really good season. Just tell us about the role that Andy Holden played in that in, in FA Youth Cup run. Big Taff.
1: Big Taff, yeah. Well, no one knew. And I certainly didn't know Taff at the start of the season. Um, obviously, once I did meet him, I found out, you know, his, his career and got to know him as a person. And he He could be your best friend or your worst enemy all in <laughs> one day's training. Do you know what I mean? He was... He, he, he made it plain very quickly that he wasn't going to take any nonsense. He wasn't going to have, you know, people talking back to him or negotiating about what's going to happen in training. Um, but he was he was a good foil for Colin because although Colin could get angry, Colin was, um, you know, quite quiet and decisive with his points and, and Taff was a bit more um, boisterous. Vocal. <laughs> yeah, vocal, boisterous, loud. But as I said, all within one, all within one sentence, he could be your best mate. I mean, I think I've got one ear bigger than the other, and I reckon most of our youth team have got one ear bigger than the other because he just pulled your ears all the time as hard as he could, uh, and then he'd get you in a headlock, and then he'd probably tell you off about something that you were doing. He was, he uh, was, he was good. Bad, to good fun, and he progressed to becoming the reserve team manager, didn't he? A couple of years later, mm. so me, my other ear got big then.
2: <laughs> just to even
0: things up <laughs> Leon it's been fascinating listening to your recollections very good recollections considering it was 25 years ago so uh, thanks very much for your time and if we find any pictures or if anyone's got any pictures out there of the celebrations on the pitch at the end of the final with Leon Osman on them uh, we want to hear <laughs> some,
1: just not the celebrations of us in the paradox
0: <laughs> thanks Ozzy
1: no problem, cheers.